Tomas. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Schmidt and Lavelle. My name is Tom Lavelle, and as always, I'm accompanied by Mr. Timothy Schmidt. On today's episode, we've got a lot of fun topics. We're going to be talking about our weekend and things we had done. A little bit about the pitch clock in Major League Baseball. Disney trip, Christmas gifts, warranties, and wardrobe maturation. Uh, WWE Raw review. Some fun tales from our grandparents. My wife's dad, so not my grandparent. How would you go about calling that? I've only had one... I've only had one grandparent, so I think most of the tales are coming from yours. Well, just a funny story about that. And as always, the WWE. But first, a word from our sponsor. Are you a man interested in yoga but don't know where to start? Insecure around a class full of women feeling like a poser while posing? Looking for a yoga experience that doesn't strip you of your masculinity? Dude Yoga. Finally, a solution for men that want to get loose the manly way. Get your stretch on with a bunch of like-minded guys. Feel comfortable doing downward dog while hanging with a bunch of your dogs. Use the promo code Schmidt and Lavelle to receive three free classes of Hot Dude Yoga. <laughs> Wet it out with the manly men you want to be around. When asked if you want to leave Dude Yoga, the only res- response will be, Namaste. Dude Yoga, sign up today. (laughs) Thank you for that, our sponsor, Dude Yoga. And if you're interested in Dude Yoga and stretching with a bunch of sweaty, hairy men, (laughs) be sure to use the promo code Schmidt and Lavelle. Tim, are you going to be signing up for Dude Yoga? Oh, I'm first in line. Are you kidding me? I'm leaving one of those classes. (laughs) Namaste. Namaste. Timmy, how was your weekend? How'd everything go? Good? Yeah, solid weekend. Another weekend with uh with my little ladies. Um not too much going on, you know, just uh just some soccer. You know, we're getting into soccer season. And uh yeah, that's my obligation to drive my daughters all the way back up to, to Reading, which is where they live, which is quite a quite a haul for a soccer game that lasts about 40 minutes, but Hey, you know, you got to love those ladies running around at the age of eight and nine and, you know, not really doing much of anything else. <laughs> Intense games up there at the uh, the eight and nine-year-old uh, soccer games? Yeah, no, no, it's fun. It's fun. I mean, they, uh, yeah, they're at the age now where they're they're testing themselves in sports and things of that nature, and it's, uh, it's cool to see them go out and compete. Um, yeah, but it takes time. You know, to develop these skills, Tom. You know, it's not. Yeah, it does. It's not like a light switch. You don't flip it on, and you know, all of a sudden you're, uh, who's it? Ronaldo. Ronaldo, or yeah, Pele, Megan Rapino, Megan Rapino. Yeah. Mm. Uh, (laughs) You want to go that direction? But well, uh, there's a great. Who's the best women's soccer player right now on the U.S. team? Arguably. Oh, it's got to be. What's her name? Um, who's my from- my cousin, Miss co- Rose Lavelle? Rose Lavelle is probably the best soccer player on the women's national team. And uh, interesting enough, my cousin Rose Lavelle on the women's national team. You 
had someone pretty famous, and this happens to be the anniversary of his 500th home run, your uncle, Ooh, Mr. Uncle. Michael Jack Schmidt. Tim, you told a bunch of people about how Mr. Schmidt was your uncle as a child, right? It's a, yeah, it's a lot easier passing that off when you actually have red hair uh, growing up in the 80s and early 90s and trying to let people know that Michael Schmidt is your uh, is your uncle. You know, you can't pass him off your father. That's just too close. It's ridiculous. Why would you be in St. John the Baptist, you know, grade school, you know, as, uh, <laughs> yeah. as Michael Schmidt's son. So I, I passed him off as my uncle for, for several years and then he retired into oblivion and, but Hey, I mean, 548 home runs, uh, you know, considered widely the best third baseman of all time. You know, it's, it's pretty solid clout for a you know, kid growing up in Roxbury. Yeah. That's yeah, your not, uncle. A lot of people buy that. A lot of nah, kids. No, no, no. I mean, well, when they were younger, yeah. Yeah, it was easier to sell because not many people really knew what the hell I was talking about. But, I mean, as you get older, it didn't really sell that well. I think we should bring it back. No. Good old Uncle Mike. No. Come no, on. No, no. Uncle Mike. Michael Jack is, has been put to bed. It is over and it's done with. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm actually not related to Rose Lavelle either. I uh, I, I actually don't Sammy even. Schmidt. I actually don't even know who Rose Lavelle is. That's fine. I mean, you don't have to know who she is. Well, I guess when the World Cup comes about, the Women's World Cup in a, about a year or so, I don't know. Then uh, I'm sure her name will be a little more relevant. She played in the last one. She's probably their best player right now. I mean, one who of. Was- who was the the female goalie that beat up her tight end husband? Oh man, I loved her too. What was her name? Hope I don't know. Solo. She, Hope, Hope Solo. Solo. That's yes. who it was. Cool name too. Yeah, almost like What's Han that? Solo, Hope Solo. Like pretty yeah. cool name. She got in some trouble for the. Uh, remember the Zika. Zika, uh, the, oh yeah, this is the old Zika virus. The Zika virus. She like that was uh that was pre COVID, right? Yeah, yep. She yeah. made some, uh, I guess you could say, not great comments about Zika before they head down to the, um, I think she, she posted a picture of herself in like a beehive, like a outfit, you know? Who's and making positive, who's making positive comments about Zika? Yeah. <laughs> Hope Solo. <Yeah. laughs> I mean, it's a lose-lose lose situation there. So, Timmy, this past weekend on Friday night, me and my wife went to go see uh, Adam Sandler. He was down at the Wells Fargo Center. Adam Sandler, I'm a huge fan. I love Adam Sandler, his comedy, his movies. I pretty much like all his movies, especially Click. You know, I'm a fan of that movie, Click. Dude, underrated. love Click. Love Thank Click. Thank you. Click is a great movie. Yes, it is. <laughs> but um, It's emotional at the end. It, it is emotional. It up a little bit, yeah. As always, the soundtracks, I think, are great in his movies, you know, that had some cranberries in there, some strokes in that soundtrack. It was, I loved that movie. I thought it was great, you know. I don't think it's his best of all time, but I would say it's a good one. It's one of his good ones. So I actually, that that Linger song, the Cranberries yeah. Linger song, yeah. I use that for my, my divorce song. Well, uh... <laughs> So either way, Friday night, we were heading down to the show and um, got a babysitter. We went down with another couple, a couple friends of ours, and we were having fun. And um, we're there and we're hanging out, park, no, no real issues, getting down there or anything like that. Had a couple bevs before we head in. 
we're we're watching the show. It's about to start. The place is packed. And I said, you know, before they really get going, let me run to the bathroom so I don't have to, like, miss anything good. Well, I go in there, and I'm going to use the urinal, Tim. And there's plenty of other open urinals. And here comes some guy and stands right next to me. Tim, now this is bathroom, public bathroom etiquette 101. When you're at the urinal, and I went to an end. So it wasn't like, you know what I mean? I went to the furthest one so that there was plenty of space. If the space is available, Tim, you leave the space, correct? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I've always been, so look, standard bathroom, right, has three urinals and usually one to two toilets, right? And if you're using a urinal, automatically, as soon as you walk in, you either go to the left or to the right. You never go middle urinal. And it's just code. It's just code. You can't take up that middle route. You got to give space. It's always a space. And then, yeah, as the urinals increase, obviously, you go every other. Right. Work your way out and then all the way in. That's the way. You don't just go right to the middle urinal. No one does that. You're a psychopath if you You're go. You're a psychopath if you do that. Nuts. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I agree with you here, Tom. I mean, there's no way that you go middle urinal. You got to give that buffer zone, right? No peeking or anything like that. Like it just, you got to get space, you know? Yeah. It's all about shoulder width apart, you know? Stay away from me. You You've got to set it up so that the next person that comes in has the space. Yeah. And if you take the middle, you're just as much of a psycho as the person that if you have an end comes and stands next to you. Right. Right. Yeah. And those people, there's something wrong with them. So now, you know, immediately there's someone something wrong with the person standing next to you. It's it's an awful situation. You get, if, you, if the space is there now, if there's no space, there's nothing you can do. But if the space is there, you give it. Well, there's some people also that make the excuse. Well, like, well, that urinal all the way to the right is for like, you know, little kids. And I would say to that. You can get it out pretty quick, dude. You can move in and out of that thing pretty fast. So, like, take the, the outside urinal, get your business done. It should take no longer than 30 seconds unless you're got a ball game or something like that. You may have had a few and it might take a little bit longer, but you can move quickly enough to, to clear that space. It's not like you're sitting in a handicapped bathroom taking a dump. And it's not like it's it's not like it's impossible to hit the target there. I know it's lower to the ground, but we've all had plenty of aiming practice. You know, it's right there. It's and they also used to make those urinals that went all the way to the ground. Remember those back yeah. in the day? Like went all the way to the floor. Yeah. No big deal. Most people pee on the floor anyway. I've it's lived with a... troughs. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've had to do the the, the trough where everyone not was a, going in that. Not a big deal. Not a big yeah. deal. Um which kind of brings me to my point. So like as a, you know, do you mind if we transition real no, quick? No, let's transition. Because I was in a situation where, uh, listen, Schmidt Lavelle, we're, we're pro transitioning. <laughs> yeah. Transition. We're, no, we're not. <laughs> Bud Light. <laughs> no, no, we're not. Um, so I had a situation where, listen, I, uh, you know, to disclose, uh, what's going on with me. I've, I have had a colon surgery and, uh, you know, I, my, my poops get out a little quicker than most people. And oh yeah, I, I have to use public bathrooms a little bit more than most people. And, uh, 
you know, I was in a situation where I had to use a, a public bathroom over the weekend and uh, I walk into the bathroom <coughs> to, to go number two and I go into the bathroom and it's a, uh, it's just a toilet and one urinal. So I go in and I sit down and within like 30 seconds, someone comes into the bathroom and they try to open the stall bathroom door, which yeah, obviously flusters me a little bit. And I'm like, come on, man. I just sat down. Like, give me a break here. Right. Yeah. And the Sometimes door starts, you need to, you the know, door, the door starts rattling and I'm like, yo, give me a break here, dude. Like, give me some time. And it's locked. And the guy just stands right outside the door. Like does not, like I can still see the guy's feet. Like, for the entire time does not leave just stands there and waits like i mean i might as well just open the door and he could just watch me shit (laughs) he's peeking through the cracks like what are you doing dude like it's one yo one urinal one toilet don't you think you would just turn around and go okay i'm just gonna wait outside you know, let the guy do his business. And then, yeah, you know, once he comes out of the bathroom, you go in and you handle yours. You think that guy was having an emergency? No, I just think he was just a complete idiot. I don't uh. know what's going on with these people when they do this stuff. Like, I mean, have some coups, some courtesy a little bit, man. A little like, bit. I mean, it put a lot Did of Did you pressure. say anything like, hey, pal, <laughs> just got, give me, I'm going to no. need a minute. No, I just, I handled my business. I washed my hands. I walked out and. Eye contact when you left? No, I didn't even want to look at the guy. It's just a weird situation. I just don't, I didn't get it. I really didn't. When you opened, he was standing there? Right there. Just waiting. So what did he look like? It's just like, he had like a, it was like a half mullet almost a little bit down to the shoulders. And he like, as I opened the door, he like snuck by me. It was like a weird transition, dude. It was just strange. I think he had to go. I think he was praying uh, yeah, but, for you to end quickly. I mean, was it? I mean, I was in there for a good five, five to eight, maybe. You Do know? you take longer because now are you like, you know what? Screw this guy. Um, no, I just felt a lot more pressure to get done quicker. To be honest with you, yeah, you know? right. Yeah, to the point where you get up and you're like, man, did I even finish that thing? (laughs) (laughs) We're getting dirty right now. Tim, that sounds like a uh, tough situation. (laughs) It was. It was tough. (laughs) Well, either way, I got back to the show. Great show. I loved Adam Sandler. I love his whole vibe, his his goofy kind of humor. It was something I think we kind of do on this show as well. he sings a lot of songs, openers. He had some good guests there. He had uh, Rob Schneider came out. Then uh, Judd Apatow came out. And then uh, Kevin James came out. And then Sandler. And so I love all those guys. I thought it was pretty funny. My wife was laughing. I was laughing. There was a lot of good stuff. Um, one of my favorite bits from the show was he was talking about saying the word, you're welcome, saying the words, you're welcome. And he says, ah, you know, I don't say you're welcome. It kind of comes off like an arrogant, like kind of dick thing. Like if someone says thank you and you go, you're welcome. You know, it seems like, you know, but he says, I, I just say, you know, of course, or uh, obviously like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to help you. That's what I do. That's what we do. We're nice people. So the only time he says you're welcome is when he opens the door and someone goes through it and they don't say thank you. And he says, you're welcome. 
Tim, I relate to that a lot. I, I love that. And I brought this up to you, and <sighs> you, you, you mentioned to me that there was a time, there is a, a moment when someone opens the door for you and you can walk through without saying thank you. Tim, can you describe <laughs> this moment? When is that possible? No, when, no, no. They've been I, waiting outside the uh, the toilet for you, and they open the door. <laughs> yeah, you definitely don't say thank you at that point. No, <laughs> um, no. I just said, yeah. Look, here here's the deal. Like anyone that listens to this has been at a Wawa, especially early in the morning, or you know, usually like afternoon, say three, two o'clock when it gets busy, people get out of work. A busy and, Wawa, they've and Wow, yeah, Wawas are just like crazy busy and. It's just standard for me not to say thank you in that Wawa vestibule mm. area. Like, dude, I'm out on the thank you because, dude, like I've held the door for so many people that come in and out. No one says thank you. It's just a, it's just expected. You know, it's just you don't have to say thank you there. Everyone knows that what you're doing is a nice gesture. I think it's just commonplace just to just move about your business, go through the door. And just be done with it. You don't have to say thank you. Everyone knows. I, what... I think you have to say thank you, Tim. I'm a nah. thank you guy. I'm going to say nah. thank you. Uh, I mean, if not, you're going to get a nice you're welcome from me. <laughs> now, nah. you're going to spend <laughs> your whole day sitting there saying thank you to people because you're holding the door and you're going to waste time. I, I'm not I'm saying down. you have to hold the door. That's but, not an obligation in those things. But you it, end up holding the door. That's the problem. And you don't get the return thank you. So I'm not throwing out thank yous left and right. No way. Uh-uh. I'm done. I'm, thank you. I'm taking my I'm taking thank my you. thank yous back. I'm done with all the thank yous, dude. <laughs> Especially wow. Wawa. I'm out on the thank yous at Wawa. I'm done. Wawa is thankless. Me, if you see me at a Wawa, don't expect a thank you from me if you hold the door. <laughs> well, you're going to get a you're welcome from me. <laughs> thank you or not. Folks, we encourage you to say thank you out there when someone holds the door for you. Don't listen to Mr. Schmidt here. In his old age, he's gotten pretty ornery. Is that a word? Ornery? Oh, no, I don't think so. All right. Well, you've gotten there, so I'm, you tell me. I feel, I feel like it. Tim, I was watching baseball this past weekend, and it was the ninth inning. The bases were loaded. Tie game. Now we're getting to a full count. And the pitch clock is going, and the pitch clock is going. And in those moments when you have a, a bases loaded, a full count, bottom of the ninth, and the guy's going to pitch, sometimes that little that pause, the build of the anticipation, the pitch, what's going to happen, I actually appreciate in those moments a little bit of a little bit of time there. And I know we've done this pitch clock thing to speed up the game, and I came up with a brilliant idea, Tim. Let's eliminate the pitch clock in the ninth inning. This way, you get that drama to build a little bit more, and no game ends on a pitch clock call. What do you think? No. No? You're out? I'm out. No, dude, like the rule is the rule. You can't just – it's just the first year that they're instituting it. You're already trying to change everything? I, I tweak. No. no, tweak is – no, no, no. Look, the pitch clock – is there for a reason speeding up games and it's it's been effective so far we haven't seen a major like major development like with a game being really like this have we have we seen anything crazy i i you know what 
Next week on the show, we'll have some stats that'll say what the times of the games have been in comparison to what the times of the games were last year. I did hear about a game that was like an hour and 45 minutes the other day, which to me is great. Now, I think MLB might run into some trouble with TV advertisements and stuff like that. They might be a a little upset about, you know, not getting the amount of commercials that maybe they used to have gotten or whatever. But I think anything to speed up the game is good. I just, in those big moments now, also in the eighth inning, the seventh inning, you never know when the big moment is going to be. So the pitch clock is always going to be there. I just thought I would hate to see a game end on the pitch clock, you know, especially, especially God forbid we get into the playoffs. And next thing you know, someone hit gets a walk off pitch clock violation, you know? Listen, they've made some adjustments, you know, for for the playoffs in the past. Um, yeah, I'm not saying that they're going to do that for this upcoming playoffs, but I mean, we're a long ways away. Uh, I'm sure if you know, it starts getting out of hand where like there are games that are being affected by the pitch clock um, that they may consider doing something like that. But I mean, we're f- 17 games into the season, brother, let it play out. Let's see how it, how it, how it turns out. And uh, you know, I mean, it's there for a reason. I mean, if you're a fan of those games, like being longer, um, you know, it, you, maybe you're, you're hating on the pitch clock, but I mean, for me, I'd like to get in and out of a game um, as quickly as possible. I like a lot of runs. I'm not a, I'm not a two nothing guy, you know, type fan where, I, where it's pitching and only pitching. No, I like that too. And I'm pro. I was always pro designated hitter. I like to see the game and, and people hitting the ball, you know, it's more fun that way. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, we'll see how it plays out. Like let's get to the all-star break before we start, you know, talking about banning, you know, the pitch clock. I, I'd like to see how in the ninth inning. Said, yeah, maybe, maybe, um, <laughs> maybe no let's... foul balls in the ninth inning either. You know, everything's fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah wait a second four outs in the ninth inning what do you think let's get every let's get everyone in the stands involved too if someone catches <laughs> yeah. the ball that's it out too that's as well. it out hey that would make the catch pretty big then you've seen some cheers for catches in the outfield that would oh, be yeah. pretty awesome no doubt. I, I like that tim i think you're on to something if a fan uh, catches the ball it's an out it has to be takes away a home run what if a guy hits a home uh, run and he catches uh, it that would <laughs> that would that would cause more fights than anything oh my god drops the ball in game six of the world series which causes a home run oh. i mean take a take a look at bartman dude oh uh, yeah bartman so is he alive that guy you know disappeared forever, the face of the hate, earth forever hated he was he was vanquished after the cubs actually won the world series so thank god yeah i felt awful for that guy but um, all right, Timmy. So a couple other things I wanted to talk about in the sports world real quick. And and just just briefly, can we talk about this? Is Russell Westbrook the problem or are the fans the problem? This is to be at least the sixth time I've seen an incident between him and the fans. At some point, this behavior is is him. What was said to him that he goes into a suite and calls out a a, a a fan that purchased a ticket now it better be something off the charts for you to do that okay if you're calling being called west brick and you're re- reacting that way you need to be suspended you can't just keep doing this bullshit i'm sick of seeing russell westbrook 
in, in going into the stands or talking or getting fans ejected over soft shit. Uh, like that's part of the game. And maybe it's because we're in the Philadelphia area, but you, you can't do that. Am I crazy? No, I've seen this you know, time and time again over the course of like the last, you know, five to eight years. Like you've seen this like fan interaction with players and then, you know, players walking over to certain spectators and getting them tossed out of games and, um, yeah, we've seen it too. Yeah, with the Sixers fans, you know, uh, I, right? Yeah, the, the double the fingers, famous the double bird guy. Yeah, uh, he got he got tossed. I think. Um, you know, it, it's just the time that we live in, Tom. Like it's 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 a shame because these athletes now are. I think they're a little bit uh, mentally fragile um, versus the players you know back in the day, which is, you know, they have the the radio years dude they got the antennas up and they listen to everything um social media you know they hear the criticisms and you know they go out and they look for for things and they listen for things i think while they're on the court instead of just being laser focused and um you know playing the game that they're supposed to play um you know there's times where you could argue that you know these guys are taken out of what what the actual game is you know they're they're trying to 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 win a game they're trying to perform at a high level and you know fans can get into people's heads and that's what fans are supposed to do right like especially if you're playing on the road um yeah that's what that home court advantage is is all about is like you know getting into other players heads and and seeing if you can get them off their game and you know incidents like these are, are just happening too frequent and i saw that incident that you're talking about the the the, the westbrook incident I don't even know where that, like, first of all, I was trying to like understand where the hell that suite was. Like, yeah, where, is, where was like, I saw that video. Where is that suite at located in that stadium? Like, you know in how in Cowboys, Cowboys stadium, when the players walk out on the field, there's like kind of like a lounge area yeah. there. I yeah. think this is the sun's version of that where they have, you can buy tickets to a, like a sweet area right. yeah. that allows you to be kind of in the, the hall there when the players are coming out and they walk through to go out to the court. I'm pretty sure that's kind of what it is. And so I, I have to know what this guy said for West, for Westbrook to react like that. You know, there is a line. You shouldn't be saying certain things and – if it gets out of control, the usher should be involved and say, hey, you can't say that. You're out of here. You know, there is a line. But now with seeing Westbrook and it happening so often, it's he's to me the comment that that's always like I see it with him more than anyone else. Maybe I just don't see it because they're not as high profile of a player, but I, I haven't seen it more. Tim, any any uh, word you think? Say this guy said something silly. Is that is that grounds for a suspension for Westbrook? He went into the suite and uh, you know, verbally, you know, yeah, I mean, called the guy out. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I when I first saw it, I thought it was like a skit of some sort. I really because that's how you know it looks bizarre. Like yeah, it just looked like he walked into somebody's suite. Like yeah, if, if you've gone to any sports games in in Philadelphia, suites are a little different, but like. You're right. It looked like a personal suite that like Westbrook just jumped in and it's like, yo, Barney Perot visiting yeah, the suite. Yeah, like keep his name out of my mouth. I'm like, where does this dude come from? Are you supposed to be playing basketball, dude? Like, <laughs> like it was just strange. But uh, yeah, I do that. Look, you push, you push the boundaries sometimes. Yeah, you know, when you 
when you go to these games, right? And like you said, there is a line that you should not cross. And yeah, that's up to you know the ushers and security to decide what that is. Uh, I mean, for a player to say, just point somebody out, well, he called me this, right? How do you like how do you know that that's true? Right. Like right. it's just it's just tough. It's tough. It's tough to decide. But as a fan, too, you have to take some responsibility for yourself and your for your actions, too, as well. So um, you got to act accordingly. Right. Like you can't be an asshole in these games. Um, you can push it to the limit, but, you know, be respectful. These guys are out there performing a job. They're, they're trying to do their job, too, as well. But yeah, as a, as an opposing fan, you always try to rattle that case and try to see how much you can get away with, right? And that's that's what fandom is, dude. It's been like that for years and years and years, and it's not going to change. Yeah. So toughen up, Mister Westbrook. So also another player, Mister Draymond Green, was ejected from the game last night for stepping on another player's chest. So he seemed to grab his leg a little bit, and Green stepped on his chest. Now I will say, I don't think it was full force, Tim. Does this deserve a suspension? Um, no, nah, I mean, it's just, dude, the way the NBA is nowadays, it's like it's become very soft, in my opinion. Um, and I was talking with a buddy of mine earlier um, today about, yeah, this whole incident. And it's like, you know, Draymond Green is a is a throwback kind of guy, right? Like he's, he's very much cut from like the – late 80s, early 90s, you know, even into the, the early 2000s type of mold um, where if you watch those games, man, it was way different. Like you get called for a flagrant foul for accidentally hitting somebody in the face. Like it's that simple. And, you know, back in the day, I mean, Charles Oakley, guys like that, like Bill Lambeer would literally take – your head off as you came into the lane and would put you down. Um, obviously the NBA has changed since then. Uh, it's not the same league, but I mean, this would be a common foul, you know, 20 years ago. And Christian Leitner did it in a yeah, game in the, uh, yeah. NCAA. It's just, it's, just un, it's unfortunate. Um, yeah. To see it go down this path because, yeah, there are guys that are getting thrown out of games and, you know, not deservingly, and it changes the course of these games. And, you know, officiating, we've talked about this before, um, has a big part in how these games are decided. And, you know, I would, I would hate to see something like that really change, you know, the course of a series or even decide the championship. Um, Does the fact that Draymond has had – several incidents, much like a, a Russell yeah. Westbrook, does that factor into a of suspension? Course. Oh, I mean, yeah, he's he's got a history. I mean, yeah, the guys back in the day had the same, yeah, yeah same stereotype. Today, you know? I mean, I mean, look, Rasheed Wallace. I mean, he would, he would, he would lead the league in technicals every year. Um, would he get a T more so than you know, say a Reggie Miller? Yeah, yeah, obviously. Um, and that's just the reputation you build up for yourself in the NBA. You know when when you play the game differently than than most people and you, you get whistled a bunch, yeah, you're gonna you're be you're gonna be susceptible to to those types of calls. So I mean it's on him to to play the game a little bit differently. But yeah, I mean he's certainly gonna get those calls uh against him because of his reputation. Now I will say this, Draymond Green, I'm not a fan of his. However, he is a type of player that if he was on your team, I feel like you would like him because 
you know, I like someone that gets under the skin of other players when they're on my team. <laughs> yeah, certainly you want to see a guy mix it up a little bit. Um, yeah, there's always those guys, right? Uh, like you remember your championship runs, you know, as as a fan. You remember like guys like uh, I remember the Giants had a guy named Cody Ross um, that hit like three home runs against like Roy Halladay. Yeah. Like that guy was a pain in the ass, right? He was always like he was like a fly on the wall. He couldn't like he couldn't get him out. Um, guys like that usually, you know, bode well for championship teams. And you know, he's he's won a couple of rings and yeah, you know, doing the things that he does for that team. So I mean, they've been a dynasty, and you know, I, I think it's it's fallen off uh, this year. But you know, we'll see we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, and he certainly was a big part of those four championships all right tim so i don't know if you've heard of people like this or families like this have you ever heard of like a disney family or disney people like disney mom maybe people these people that are are big into going to disney every single year they they set their trips they maybe have um, you know, bought like timeshares down there at Disney or they're part of this Disney plan. Have you ever heard of these types of people? Yeah. So I actually had a, uh, an employee of mine who used to, he was a single, uh, male employee, like roughly mid twenties to early thirties. And he would plan his vacation every year around Disney by himself. This dude was tattooed from, you know, neck to foot, dude, like head to toe. It was ridiculous. Um, and every time he would get his commission track, he would say, "I got to pay the mouse." And I was like, I'm "Like, excuse me?" He's like, "Got to pay the mouse." I'm like, "Cause I would review his commission with him, and he'd be like, oh, that's great. Got to pay the mouse." And I'm like, "What are you like?" After the third month, I'm like, "What are you talking about, dude?" He's like. Oh, I go to Disney every year. I'm like, with who? <laughs> He's like, you know what that I, is, Tim? I just go by myself. I'm like, okay, Tim. You know what that is? And I've just, I might have coined this phrase right there. That's a mouse trap. Okay, <laughs> he is trying to rope you in to being a Disney guy. He's putting that's a feeler. He's putting that out there. That's a little crumb of cheese there. For is that you. what they do? Are you also? A Disney guy. Oh, it's um, for the mouse. And if you were be like the mouse, oh Disney, you Disney guy, you no. go to yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Oh well, where do you stay at? <clears throat> we went down to Disney, not this this the year before, right? Okay, we went great. My kid was four, and I tell you what, it was a great trip, and especially how my kid interacted with the uh, the characters there. The rides, the whole, the magical place. It truly is a magical place. Tim, I don't need to go for another five years, at least, at yeah. least, in my opinion. He's gone. He's experienced it. Now, when my other child is about that age, we'll go again. Not my wife. She keeps dropping these mouse traps, as I like to say, and and trying to rope me in. Oh, uh, I saw a sale on uh, Disney. It's a really good deal. I'm thinking about going. And then she'll always hit me with this line. Well, I'll just, I'll just take the kids without you. <laughs> Disney, oh, enjoy. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, yeah. Listen. Yeah. Have at. Have at. <laughs> take it easy. I'll hold the fort down up here. All right. <laughs> I'll take care of the dog. Yeah. Away. Dude, I don't know. I I can't. 
Oh, um, I've gone. So my kids are nine and eight. Um, and my oldest daughter was deathly afraid of any people that dressed up in costumes. So, I mean, that was kind of an avoidable thing for me. So like, you know, oh, nice. it was, yeah, it was, it was pretty easy. And then last weekend, of course, I'm driving home, dropping them off to their mom. And yeah, my, my oldest daughter is like, dad, do you think we can go to Disney? And I'm like, shit, <laughs> like, I, I would have thought this thing was going to carry over for, for a few years here. So um, I think I'm on the clock here for that, but like, yeah, I mean, Schmidt and Lavelle I, go to Disney. Is this what we're, uh, yeah, we, could, we, could take, we could take it down there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're um, here with Mickey Mouse. Mickey, yeah. what do you have to say about Goofy? <laughs> um, oh, but no, no, it's yeah. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> it's been, it's been nice to kind of avoid that. But like I, you, you said that your wife had mentioned that there was a sale on Disney. Like, is that even, isn't that an oxymoron? Yes, yeah, like, it is. Like I hear people are taking like personal loans out to go down there. And um, I mean, I've never been to Europe, you know what I mean? And I was like, I, I think I'd rather go do something like that before going back to Disney. Isn't there, and, Euro, isn't there Euro Disney? Now you sound like my wife. <laughs> <laughs> they got Disney cruise lines. They got the whole thing. Dude, I went down. Uh, I went down to Disney probably four years ago. I think it was right before the pandemic. And my, uh, me and my buddy went down for my birthday, and he swore about Epcot Center. He's like, "Dude, Epcot is the best place to go." He's like, "I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm at this point. It was four years ago. I was like 35 years, 36 years old. I'm like, dude, I'm not going to Epcot, like." Because when I remembered it, Epcot was like just just this huge like family park, and it was so apparently it's like just this huge party, and people go there and they drink around the world and all that stuff. That's true. And, and dude, I'll tell you what, we had a great time. He's like, I'll pay for your ticket. It was the most expensive cover charge of all time, by the way. It was like a hundred and <laughs> hundred and seventy five dollars to get into Epcot Center. And like, dude, I'm so I'm walking around. We're going country to country, and I and I'm like, dude, I got to do something for my daughter. So we were in like Sweden, where like the frozen people were, right? So yeah. Anna and Elsa, Anna and Elsa, yeah. And I'm like, dude, you know, it'd be great if like I got a video from Anna or Elsa, yeah, personalized to to my daughters. So I had had a couple drinks, and and I'm like sitting there, and I'm in Sweden. And like I hop in the line, <laughs> I hop in the line to get a picture with like Anna and Elsa. And it's like there's like eight, there's like eight seven year olds with their parents, and, and then I'm, <laughs> I'm standing there, and like I'm like kind of half in the bag, and I'm like I'm starting hey, to Anna and Elsa. <laughs> starting to think about this and like so i'm gonna get up there and i'm gonna say what to her like hey you know i got like alcohol in my breath do you mind doing a video for my daughter and like yeah where's your daughter at oh she's just i'm just gonna send it to her like <laughs> that's not gonna work out at all like i want to have security on me in a heartbeat dude yeah. so and i'm a big fan you know? <laughs> yeah, so, i love your movies so I opted to get out of line and go to Germany. <laughs> that was that was that. Get a I had schnitzel. Beer, I had beers with with Sven instead. Sven, <laughs> yeah. Talked about what a con Anna and Elsa were. <laughs> yeah. 
That fucking Elsa, she thinks she's better than everyone else. Yeah. I can't stand that bitch. <laughs> she's always talking down to her sister, too. Her sister's always trying to do stuff with her, and she's always just blowing her off. She's always yeah. got some sort of a thing that she has to go take care of. And, and Anna's just like, Elsa, can you just hang out with me for a little bit? Like, you're yeah. my sister. You've blown me off for all these years, but Elsa's just too important. Her hand, she's got too much ice to make. It's ridiculous. She's so, she's so cold. Yeah. Cold shoulder. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> All right, Tim. So this past week on uh, WWE, this week in WWE, the last couple of weeks I would say were fairly disappointing for uh, for both of us. I uh, I enjoyed the the WrestleMania, obviously. The Monday night after, the first segment was okay. Brock Lesnar attacking Cody Rhodes, I thought was was great as far as the the brutality of it and everything like that. I said, okay, this is serious. Now we're a couple weeks post that now, and we still have no answers as to why Brock Lesnar attacked Cody Rhodes, and it's starting to get frustrating. I feel like they're just saying it happened. Cody said maybe it's because I was in the main event and he wasn't, and if that's just what they're going to go with, Tim. That's ridiculous storytelling, and it's really starting to remind me of Vince McMahon era, and Vince McMahon era like this hasn't been a thing, but not the last nine months with Triple H. Are you concerned that they're falling back into old habits? Well, I mean, you would know more about that than I would, but I mean, it's certainly to me, to me, the storytelling has fallen flat. It is totally fallen off a cliff, to be honest. Um, yeah, it just seems so there's no like direction. It's just it's just like wandering aimlessly. Like, where are we going? Like all of a sudden Matt Riddle's involved and like right. yeah, they bring him back and enter him into like this huge storyline that has been built up for so long. Um I will say this with the Matt Riddle storyline, Matt Riddle was taken out by the Usos and the bloodline. Sola Sokoa in the storyline took out Matt Riddle. They put a chair over his head. He ran and did like the Rikishi smash in the corner. And that was supposedly what took Matt Riddle out in real life. He was in rehab because he's had some issues with drugs. And so he was in rehab for quite some time, but that is, I guess how you could tie him into this storyline. So I don't know if they did a good enough job refreshing people like, Hey, remember yeah. when this happened right um yeah i mean I, I i i'm with you on this one dude it just doesn't seem as fluid as it was before wrestlemania leading up to wrestlemania um it's a shame dude because i i mean like i said i was i was in dude i was i was really tuning in like each and every week i even sent you a text like on monday night i'm like Are you watching this dude like you're like ah I'm not tuning in yet, but I, I mean, the, what they're trying to do with Cody Rhodes now, like it reminds me of stuff that they would do with Brock Lesnar, right? Like, so they throw him in a ring and they got security. They have 30 plus security guards waiting for him to get the Brock Lesnar. He beats up, you know, 30, 30 security guards. Like he's some sort of like crazy man. Like, yeah, it's just stuff that they would do with Brock Lesnar and Brock Lesnar would be able to pull it off because I mean, he's a psychopath. He looks, he's, just a an abnormal human being um, right the beast it just it just doesn't work the As same well. way with cody you know like yeah uh, i just maybe uh, three or four guys but not yeah. like he can't yeah. take on a whole locker room like 
like a Lesnar can. And then like the big thing, you need to tell us why Lesnar did it. Is it because he's in cahoots with the bloodline now? Did his past relationship with Paul Heyman, did they figure something out to where now he's a hitman for the bloodline? Is he working for Triple H, who's had a history with Cody Rhodes? And now that he's ahead of creative for WWE, does he not want Cody Rhodes in the main event story? WWE needs to tell us what is going on with Brock Lesnar and why he turned on. Is it just because he's gone rogue and he's doing crazy things? That, but that doesn't make sense. And if that's it, that's just lazy, boring BS, really. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm with you on that. Um, yeah, I hope it turns. But, I mean, just the road that they're going down, it just seems different. And, like, where is where's Roman Reigns in all of this, right? Like, he's totally disappeared from television i i mean i mean he's he's the guy right he's the the face of your franchise here and he's disappeared like cody rhodes almost beats him you know he he gets help right and and wins that match and then you know now we have a brock lesnar cody rhodes match where where, where did that come from you know what i mean like right it just Where are doesn't, the answers? It just doesn't make any sense. So you, you, we need some direction, and, and it's just it's falling flat on its face right An now. An answer to why Lesnar attacked Cody, I think, would go a long way. Now, I know their next pay-per-view is in Puerto Rico, so they are setting up more of a Latino-Puerto Rican card, and they want that Latino world order, which is now what they've thrown in there. They want Damian Priest, Bad Bunny, who's... I guess the biggest music star in the world. That's what they keep saying. I couldn't tell you any of Bad Bunny's songs, and that's not doesn't mean he isn't the most popular. I'm, I guess I'm much older and out of touch now. But uh, so I see what they're doing with that, and that's okay. I think the pay per view could have a really hot crowd because they're going to be excited for them to be in Puerto Rico and to be represented in the ring by these wrestlers. So that I can understand, but let's, let's build the stories. And so another thing that happened on Friday night, SmackDown, a guy that I'm really big on that I think is going to have a great year is LA Knight. I think he's entertaining every time he comes on the TV. I like seeing him. He loses to Xavier Woods, who is a member of the new day. The new day to me has been flat ever since Big E got hurt. Xavier Woods, I think, was always the third best member of the New Day. I don't think L.A. Knight should be losing to a Xavier Woods. And it's reminding me of several wrestlers that in the past were over and WWE didn't use them correctly. Damian Sandow, he was the savior to the masses. He won the Money in the Bank uh, contract, was the first person to ever not successfully cash in the Money in the Bank. Then... He goes and he partners with The Miz. Him and The Miz, he becomes The Miz's stunt double. This character was so over, Tim. I'm telling you, they came out and the audience was going nuts for the stunt double, Damian Mizdow. I got I to gotta, see this. Oh, dude, it was hilarious. Miz, it, it was supposed to be that he would go and wrestle all the matches for Miz, and it turned to Miz's wrestling all the matches, and Sandow... Miz gets slammed, Sandow does a slam on the side of the ring. Miz gets clotheslined, Sandow gets clotheslined by some invisible... Re- it was it was genius, really, and hilarious. But he's one that was over that didn't go. We always talk about a Dolph Ziggler, a guy that, yes, he's had a couple moments, but they've never fully given him a push, a long run with a great story that, like, 
that really let I mean, I guess you could say the cash in, but after that he was only champion for a couple weeks. Elias, Elias. Yeah. Elias is another one. He was super over. Every time he would come on, the crowd is chanting, walk with Elias. They know they know what he wants. They were eating out a palm of his hand, and now he's he's kind of lost in there. Rusev, Rusev Day was a big one. The A uh the B team, which was a tag team with um uh Bray Wyatt's brother, was was really over, and they only got a short stint. Breezango, another tag team that was very over and funny and stuff like that. Heath Slater. I got kids. He had a shirt that said, I got kids. He had to win a match because he had to, he wanted to buy a double wide trailer, you know? So all these guys were over and very popular and WWE for whatever reason, doesn't seem to insert them into a big storyline like they did with Sami Zayn this past year. Sami Zayn was in the jackass match. He was a funny character. People related to him. And then you put them into a serious storyline and it's like, wow, it's magic. You know, people like want to see them win. They cheer for them when there's a turn, when there's something happening, when they're being disrespected, they're invested into it. So an L.A. Knight type character, they need to do that with. Another one that they really need to go with is from the Street Profits, Montez Ford. He's a super talent, big athlete, and I feel like he's someone, too, that can be loved by the audience and really going over so they're not doing any favors for la Knight by having him lose to a guy like xavier woods and i i don't want to knock xavier woods and i know it sounds like i am i just feel like la Knight has potential tim that's my rant i'm really sorry about going off on that for quite a long time but it's something that bothers me i honestly didn't even know xavier woods was still wrestling that's terrible <laughs> he lost to him well so then this brings me to another thing and this is kind of a societal Societal thing is that is that sure. a word? No, that Societal? works. Yeah. Absolutely. So, in the past, there's been things. It was Kofi Mania, right? Kofi Mania to win as a black athlete to win at WrestleMania and the WWE Championship, and they pushed this thing, Kofi Mania, Kofi Mania, and it was over, and people liked it. Now they make it like it was way, way, way over. It wasn't like you know. It wasn't way, way, way over. It was over. It wasn't Sami Zayn over, okay? But it was a nice moment. Xavier Woods starts doing these these social media campaigns. He wants to win King of the Ring. And so he wins King of the Ring. You know, he's got a he's got a big platform. He has a uh, a video game show where he has a lot of followers and stuff like that. And now he's kind of using that campaign again, like, oh, I've never gotten this, or my King of the Ring run wasn't what I expected it to be. And now he's beating LA Knight in a match. And I'm like, what the fuck, dude? It does isn't it about <laughs> who is the most entertaining in in the ring on the mic? I like is it is it okay, you have a show that has a million followers that has nothing to do with WWE, so we're gonna give you a push? Like there's a balance there and these social media things they're driving me crazy. I can't think of another example where it's used like this to, to, to push. Cause you know, it's obviously a, a scripted event, but it's, it becomes frustrating when that be, makes the outcome. Yeah. It's almost like the, uh, remember like in games, like where uh, <laughs> at the end of the game, when like the, the, the manager of the high school like basketball team gets in and everyone wants them to like make a basket. Yeah, right. It's like that type of situation, right? Like, yes. All right. The like, kid running down the football field and everyone's diving out of the way. Because yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. let them score. Like 
that's almost like that's almost like disrespectful in a way don't you think yeah. like it's like everyone yeah. knows like it's supposed to be a nice moment but it's also at the same time it's kind of a slap in the face like oh you're scoring a touchdown it's like do you think they don't know they're not scoring it a just touchdown? yeah it just seems like uh yeah the type of situation could be detrimental i mean to the roster and in, in general right like when and the guy's doing that on the side like i, I mean isn't that like locker room supposed to be some sort of like sacred like ground, right? Like where like people you know, respect each other and you know, there's a there's a way about handling yourself. Like yeah. Doesn't that doesn't that kinda They used to hold court. The Undertaker used to be kind of the judge of that court. And if you made a mistake or you did something that was not right, Rest the other peace. wrestlers held you a- accountable. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I so don't think... it also Timmy, I think it is a detriment to the locker room because then you got people in the locker room that are more concentrating not on their craft of being a professional wrestler, honing their mic skills, honing honing their their in ring skills. They're worried about their video game channel or whatever it is they're trying to do on another platform. If I can get popular in this, then I'll be able to have the match that I want here. Like, and I guess. You know, you got a Logan Paul that comes on. You got, but I mean, at least he delivers in the ring. You know, I don't know. It's it's a strange world, and I guess there is something where, okay, you're you're getting new eyes on the show because they follow this person here, and they and they try to do that. But I think if you're a full time roster guy, that stuff has to be, you know, second fiddle. And the the most we're going to judge it off the merch sales what we see in the ring and on the mic, who's really entertaining the crowd. Sure. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't, yeah, there's guys that, that can cross over, right. Like you said, like, like Logan Paul and, and those individuals, but um, yeah, it has worked other ways where you know, guys have gone mainstream, right. From wrestling, like the rock and you know, John Cena and these other guys. Right. I think the Miz has had some success doing some, uh, some things. I think he did like the Marine seven. Yeah. Right. right. Uh, Marine. He had like a Christmas movie. Uh, you know what? I've never seen him. I should give but, him a watch. Cause I like him. I mean, regardless. Um, yeah. The focus should be just on wrestling and then, you know, whatever your skills are other than that. Yeah whatever bring it to the table but don't use it as a platform to try to get yourself better matches and a, and a push you know essentially in in the industry that that you've made most of your money in right right yeah and that's just to seem it's almost like i want a match this isn't fair you know what i mean it's just like it just seems like bullshit to me um tim we both commented about last night's match and i'm going to declare this one the match of the week we had the miz versus Seth Rollins, mm. great match. If you're if you're a casual fan, go check out this match. It was really well done, very entertaining. Had the crowd on its feet and really into it. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, Tim. I don't know about yeah. I know you said you were you you actually told me about it before I saw it. Yeah, well, I was I was surprised because I mean the Miz has been essentially a jobber for for better half of you know the the time that I started watching again he's been doing his Miz tv thing where like you'll have a guest on and all of a sudden at the end of the uh the episode he's getting a special move their finishing move by whoever that guest is said guest and uh that's the first time you really saw i mean i guess since he 
wrestled Logan Paul, um, that he had a really quality match. And, uh, yeah, it was good to see. I mean, I didn't realize he still had that in him because they don't showcase him that often. And uh, it was pretty impressive to see him and, and Rollins really deliver, you know, a, a top quality match um, in a role that was kind of filled with kind of a bunch of minutia. You know, it was just kind of bullshit. Again, it's the Rey Mysterio Judgment Day, you know, solo shit. Like Solo apparently is the best wrestler of all time now, which is <laughs> annoying me. You stick yeah. a guy, you stick a thumb in somebody's throat and he can't move apparently anymore. Like, <laughs> I, I don't get that, but whatever. I mean, I think that, yeah, that that match was was kind of cool to see. It was kind of a throwback. So, so you're saying that that the Samoan Spike is not a top five finisher move? No, no, no. That's that's the old thumb in the throat. I mean, might as well do the Sergeant Slaughter, uh, the rake of the back. So is, <laughs> is that what he did or something? Who was that? Nikolai Volkov. He just grabbed the back and just raked the back. <laughs> Now that's something I'd like to see Gunther throw into one of his matches, you know, a throwback and then just do a nice back rake and then they oh. cut to him and he's got the nails down yeah. the back, you know, <laughs> you see Sheamus, he could have those down his back oh, yeah. and that would be uh pretty vicious. All right. So we're hoping they can give us some answers moving forward. And in a couple weeks, there is the backlash pay-per-view. We'll see what happens on SmackDown. Timmy, last thing, the, uh, the 76ers had a pretty good, win last night and also on Saturday. So they're looking pretty good. Are you becoming a believer in the Sixers or are you still we'll get through this round and then we'll see what happens. Yeah, well so the next next round opponent's going to be the Celtics uh once they you know, get rid of the uh the Nets here. Um look, I'm fully invested. I I'm a Sixers fan. So yeah, I mean, I want them to win. I I firmly believe that they can win. Um just there's just doubt like you know it's just hard to believe that they're going to get out of the next round when they haven't you know in years past and it's a tough opponent so um you know we'll see how the the rest of the series plays out if they win in four they'll be able to rest up a little bit and you know give mr harden some some time off you know hopefully before the next series but i mean it's been a while since since Joel was healthy through an entire playoff run, um, you know, he's suffered his injury. So if we can get out of this series healthy, yeah, I like our chances. Um, we'll see how it plays out though, dude. You know, like it was, it was great to see Maxi deliver the other night. You know, he, he came, came through with 33 points and, and Joel was being double teamed all game long and he just became dude, a disher. And he was, finally open man and they started finally knocking down shots and you know, he didn't have a huge game. Uh, I think he had like 20 points, eight or 18 or 19 rebounds. Um, but dude, he did what he had to do, you know, for them to win the game. So uh, if he continues to do that, we should be pretty solid through the playoffs. Yeah. I'm liking what I'm seeing. And like you said, with Embiid getting the double teams and, and distributing the ball, he's playing the game that they're giving him and they're, he's doing it well. And that's, what's going to help the team win if he sees what defense they're playing him with and then if they get sick of having us hit the threes outside and they stop double teaming him then he can take over that way he like you see he didn't have a monster game the 20 points but he kind of did because he was doing he was giving he was taking what they were giving him and so that's really important and another thing 
like you said, his health. We haven't seen a playoff run with him fully healthy. And like you kind of forget about that because, you know, it's been disappointment after disappointment, you know, in the last couple of years, he's always gotten hurt. So I'm looking forward to hopefully him remaining healthy for the uh, duration of this playoff run. And hopefully we can make it past this round, the next round, the next round, and then go to the NBA finals. We'll see. Easier said than done, Tommy. Yeah. It certainly is. And um, another thing is easier said than done is getting all your episodes out there. Timmy, we had a little foul up this weekend, and so this will be the second one that we've had. And I'd have to apologize to you and our listeners out there for, yet again, some technical difficulties. We're working past it. If you may have noticed, it's a clearer picture if you're watching us. We have some new cameras that we, we purchased, and we're trying to make this the best viewing and listening experience we can if you're liking what we're doing please leave us a comment timmy got anything to say to the uh, Le- uh oh. schmidt lavellites out there oh you always do this to me i never have anything to say though thanks thanks for tuning in <laughs> I, I always forget this part oh no well, damn it to next, all time. The, next, next time next time we'll be prepared next time with a <laughs> finisher top five finisher of all time tim for you, I, I'm going to say, for us, for Schmidt and Lavelle, we want to thank all the Schmidt and Lavelleites out there for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll see you next time. See you next time.